Okay, so why is the reviews the word of mouth? Why is why does this movie have mixed reviews? Unfortunately, I would say that the mixed reviews are pretty much justified. Um, they made a couple of mistakes in this movies, and that's obviously my opinion. But I can I I'll just justify them. The perspective that I'm going to give to you folks is the perspective of a fiction writer. Because some of you might not know, I'm actually a fiction writer. I'm currently working on my first um, novel right now. But of of course, in addition to that, I'm also studying actually for... Probably for like um, since 2011, so how many years is that? Eight years going into nine years, I'm I'm studying the art of fiction writing, and there is an art and a science to fiction writing, which means that if you follow this uh, formats, this formulas, this uh, famously, for example, the original Star Wars, uh, George Lucas made it using the hero's journey and. Even to this day, the hero's journey is still relevant. I, I would say a lot of novelists, a lot of authors, and a lot of fiction writers, and a lot of um, screenwriters still use it to create their stories. I think it's still relevant relevant today. I, st- I think it still works today. And um, I think sometimes people complain that a movie, a book, or whatever, a TV show is... Can could be repetitive. They would say it's formulaic, but sometimes there is some genuine rewards that you get when you follow sort of the formula of uh, fiction writing. And I think a lot of the things that people don't like about the Rise of Skywalker and even the previous film, The Last Jedi, is I think the filmmakers who made these films didn't really follow a proper what we call hero's journey and they bro- break some rules and it's not something that people consciously want that like they wouldn't say oh i didn't like what you they did in the middle act or you know i didn't like how uh, uh they the, I, like a lot of people for example say about this movie it's not consistent obviously people who are not Fiction writers, people who don't study the art of fiction, could not express it specifically. But you know, I, obviously, I'll I'll try. I'll review the scenes. By the way, big spoiler alert for the entire Star Wars franchise. Uh, if you're listening to this, so uh, please be careful if you haven't seen some of these movies, especially if you haven't seen this movie. But I'm gonna try to point. Out what mistakes that they made and also some of the things that they did right and why this movie is still a fun movie to watch it's still entertaining with just lots of mistakes so for example the opening the opening was of course awesome you know you have that yeah the um, narration and you know the, the music of Star Wars comes out that's it's obviously awesome and it's like I mean, obviously, I'm. I'm a millennial. I am not one of the Star Wars kids that were children during the '70s and the '80s. I was already a '90s kid, but you know, he- hearing the Star Wars theme song still makes me nostalgic. You know, still makes me 
you know, think about the past, and that's obviously the effect of, you know, just hearing the the theme song of Star Wars, and it always it always gets you, and uh, they also opened with the cool scene with Kylo Ren. Yeah, it's an action scene. Uh, it's this is one of the scenes that you see in the trailer, and he sort of used his lightsaber to like slam someone into the floor. <laughs> I mean, it's always it's a good scene, but it's like. He he could just slash anyone like he can cut your body body in half, but he just he decided to use his lightsaber as a wrestling weapon. It was still cool though, and so Kylo Ren finds a Sith a wayfinder, which is this pyramid shaped thing, which will lead him to a place called Exegol, which is known as the home planet of the Sith. And then he went, goes there. He actually finds uh, Palpatine, who is connected to some to a device, and uh, Palpatine revealed that he actually created Snoke, and uh, Snoke was his puppet to attract him, Ben Solo, to become Kylo Ren to attract him into the dark side. Now, right there, I didn't like that because it really felt it really felt very shoehorned. I love that Palpatine is back. I mean, I think Palpatine is probably one of my favorite villains of all time. I mean, he's just pure evil. He, if you watch Revenge of the Sith, that's actually my favorite uh, Star Wars movie of all time. He really manipulated an innocent person named Anakin Skywalker. He manipulated that guy who was like a young guy, like, Probably in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin looks like he's like a teenager or maybe in his early 20s. So he manipulated that guy and turned him into one of the most evil person in the galaxy. He turned him into Darth Vader, obviously. And um, it's one of the best scenes, actually, in cinema. But I think that um, returning Palpatine in this movie was great, but they were not able to build the strong persona of the Palpatine villain here in this movie and they actually made some mistakes that I'm gonna discuss later on and uh, they also revealed that he has an army an armada of uh, star destroyers which was awesome but it was actually never foreshadowed in any of the previous films and uh, so that that actually kind of bothers because it's like, I, that's actually one of the basics of uh, fiction writing is that if, get, if you're going to reveal something big later on, even if you're going to reveal something big, maybe on, let's say if you're writing a book series or a movie series, if you're going to reveal something big in book, book three, book four, episode six, <laughs> episode seven of your movie series, TV series, book series, you have to foreshadow it. And foreshadowing means that you set it up, you set up, you plant seeds early on so that later on you can pay it off with this big reveal that you planned. So obviously they didn't they didn't foreshadow that. Now to be fair, I am not a I didn't consume the other Star Wars fiction like the TV shows, the cartoons the video games, um, the the novels. I didn't consume any of that. 
it might have been, you know, there might have been a throwaway line in one of those things wherein, oh, they're like, there's, let's say, two characters are talking and then somebody says something like, oh, you know, I heard this rumor that there's actually a planet of Siths and they have like an army of star destroyers and like all that. And it might have been mentioned somewhere along the way the, the obviously the, the Star Wars universe is... <laughs> It's literally big. It's so big that that you're you're just you either need to be a super expert like a, one of the employees of Lucasfilm or maybe a super nerd just to know that this was actually foreshadowed, but they never foreshadowed it in any of the films. So it was kind of weird. This it was awesome and at the same time weird to see that there's actually an armada of star destroyers. Which Palpatine, who is cloned, presumably, was able to produce for this movie in per- particular. And in the first scene, we see Ray. He is actually training with Leia on that sort of forest. Uh, it was a cool training scene. It was like an. It was the 2019 version of the Jedi training scene, which of course we saw. We saw a lot of the scenes with Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker, during the. S- prequel trilogy so that that was cool she, she was actually training in the forest and all that and because of the jedi text that ray has she actually found out about the sith wayfinder uh which will uh lead them to palpatine um one of the first uh action scenes that they had probably to close off the first act of this movie which is usually the first act of any movie she was really the first half hour um, there was they had this sort of car chase scene with those applying stormtroopers, and I actually like that they even reference it that they had the line where, "Oh, they fly now," and then another character says, "Oh yeah, they fly now," and like you see the stormtroopers, they have like like rockets and at their at their backpack rockets, and they're like that action scene was actually good, and it was like a unique another uh, unique take on the stormtrooper which is obviously an iconic there's like a there's like a million stormtroopers but the stormtrooper itself is an iconic character in cinema uh i like the scene where uh ray and i actually kylo i think this is the first time they met in this movie so the first order actually captures the millennium falcon with chewbacca inside it and kylo Kylo Ren and Rey sort of use their force to like do a like a tug of war using their force and then unusually some electricity actually came out of Rey's hands just like Palpatine which I learned actually that ability is officially called the Force Lightning which is actually an awesome name and um, this was of course you know, as I said earlier, this was foreshadowing that Palpatine is his uh, relative. Now, I think adding Palpatine in this movie was obviously sort of a last-minute decision for them. Um, they killed off, they killed off Snoke in the Last Jedi, which I think is a mistake. I think that they shouldn't have killed Snoke. They should have went with him. I think that also. I think. We're gonna talk about this later, but I think they should have just went with 
with Kylo Ren going totally evil instead of being like a half villain, half hero, you know, redeemed villain character, which is kind of weird because that's actually a major criticism that I have for this film, for the entire, this entire trilogy actually is the way they set up Kylo Ren in the first movie, The Force Awakens, is awesome. He is like a very formidable, formidable villain. And it's almost like, you can almost imagine the, like the finale of this trilogy would be like that big lightsaber battle between Kylo Ren and uh, Rey. And of course, they did have battles, but it wasn't it wasn't paid off well because Kylo Ren wasn't built as a villain enough because the plan was to turn him into a hero. It's like a... It's, this is like a... I don't know if some of you guys are professional wrestling fans, but it's it's what they call in wrestling a face turn wherein this guy is a villain, then later on he turns into one of the heroes. And he turns into a baby face and they call that in wrestling a face turn. Which I hope they really did not do here in Kylo Ren. There's a difference between making someone a sort of redeemed hero or a redeemed villain. And also or making making him a conflicted character who eventually just turns evil until the end. Like... I don't know. I really prefer that they just didn't they didn't turn him right. That he was just super evil to the end, and they just concluded it. But anyway, that that's what they did. That's what they decided. Who knows what the movie could have been if they made Kylo Ren a conflicted character who sort of chooses evil all the time um, in the end. But you know, that's what they decided, and that's what we have right now and so Poe po actually suggests traveling to Jimmy to have the Sith text extracted from C-3PO's memory because C-3PO could not read um, Sith uh, text I actually like that they have an arc for C-3PO they found the Sith text which forbids him to read it they had to erase his memory so that he can interpret it and he had to say goodbye to everyone. It was a bittersweet scene. Um, this was a scene, and another one of the scenes in the trailer when, like, Poe asks C-3PO, what are you doing, c 3 And then C-3PO says, like, taking one last look, sir, at my friends. And that was obviously an emotional moment. It was, it was a C-3PO line, but it was also, obviously, sort of a farewell to us, the fans. And then uh, Ray actually senses that Chewbacca Chewie is still alive. So they plan a rescue mission. So while Kylo Ren is searching on the ground for Ray and the resistance, the group actually they infiltrate his Star Destroyer with the help of Zori Bliss, who is a friend of Poe and um, an implied possible lover of, of Poe. And... and um, Ray actually finds the dagger inside the Star Destroyer and then he actually had visions of his parents uh, being killed. And uh, Kylo informs her about her true identity and Kylo actually reveals to her that you're the 
granddaughter of Palpatine. Your parents are nobody, but they're nobody because they chose to be nobody. So your parents are actually obviously the 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 wife and uh, the son of uh, Palpatine. They obviously left. They actually went to a place called Jakku so that they can protect her and keep her away from the emperor and they had to live as nobody by choice so that you know the the dark side would not find them this was in itself an amazing revelation but of course in today's world we have been hearing this rumor like for years now maybe even during the force awakens when the first movie was released that he is or she is actually uh, palpatine's daughter and this of course accounts for like a lot of the criticisms in i get in all of this trilogy actually is that ray is like she already knows somehow how to use the force she already knows how to fight uh even if she didn't have training yet in the first two movies but you know being Papatine's granddaughter actually solves all of that and then um inside the star destroyer poe finn and chewbacca was actually captured and they were going to be executed but they were rescued by general hux uh this is of course the angry guy who is sort of passed on from promotion into a like a sith lord and he is now serving Kylo Ren, he seems to be really loyal to Snoke in the earlier movies. And um, so he obviously betrayed Kylo Ren. And uh, he had that line wherein Finn asks him, like, why are you doing this? And then he said something like, I don't want you guys to succeed. I just want Kylo Ren to fail. I actually didn't like that line. I preferred that the line was just i just want kylo ren to fail i preferred that that was just what he said just to explain his side a little bit well anyway they killed him quite quickly so you know they they were sort of uh sweeping him under the rug quickly because it was like a plot like a plot um just a way to move the plot quickly so that's why they killed him so they arrive at a place called Kef Beer. They met Janna, the former stormtrooper like Finn. And then they. So Janna led them to the Death Star where Ray locates a Wayfinder. So Kylo Ren actually tra- tracked them and destroys Ray's uh, Wayfinder. And then he actually asks her to be, the, to be an emperor and the empress, like kings and queens and all that. And to actually replace Palpatine. And of course, uh, Ray and Ray, of course, refused, and then they had their second lightsaber battle. And um, by the way, their first lightsaber ba- battle was inside Kylo Ren's uh, quarters, which was like a <laughs> a force virtual reality like a uh, lightsaber battle, which is like um, just using the force. They could be in the same room together and have a lightsaber battle. Is what I think is happening here and um, this the second time that like in a matter of minutes maybe 15 30 minutes difference they had another lightsaber battle and this the second battle was actually 
it has a good settings but the battle was mediocre so let me explain that so they of course battle in the middle of the ocean so there's like ocean waves everywhere they were standing on the death star the scene was very awesome but again the battle was mediocre and um i can i think that's two weaknesses of this movie right so weakness number one mediocre fight scenes and the and the number two is the heroes keep on winning right so mediocre fight scenes it's very hard to describe that but i think in action fight scenes should be well choreographed um i would say marvel is very good at doing this um of course some of the martial arts movies um especially the 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 jackie chan jet lee movies during the 80s and 90s they were well choreographed so this movie the fight scenes here weren't well choreographed now if you watch for example some of the prequel trilogies like the first battles between darth vader and and uh luke skywalker it wasn't like crazy fast paced action like like what we see today but it was it was slow action but it was very much well choreographed right like like uh for example one of the fight like during the fight scene when you know <laughs> spoiler alert during the fight scene when um darth vader revealed to luke that uh, i am your father the fight scene before that was um so they were so they were having a lightsaber battle obviously luke is losing he hits one side and then like like one of the handles of the like the metallic railings got destroyed and it even exploded when when Darth Vader hits that and then he hits Luke on the other side on the so first I believe hits Luke on the right side he misses the railings got destroyed he hits him this time on the left side once again the railings got destroyed and then obviously it's now Luke is now trapped and then they he actually slices Luke's arm and away flies his arm and away flies his lightsaber and of course Luke screams in pain and agony and that 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 was a very simple fight scene but it was a well choreographed fight scene whereas here it was just they were just basically having a, a sword fight and of course um kylo ren was losing and it was not a very clear scene but the official word from the summary that i found when i researched is uh when leia died that actually is this sort of distracted kylo and that's the reason why he lost this second uh, lightsaber battle that he and ray had and that's actually my second uh weakness for this movie so the first weakness is mediocre fight scenes the second weakness is the heroes just keep on winning they just they rescued chewbacca they ray defeats kylo ren in two lightsaber battles before they even reach the middle of the movie and uh there's no tension so most movies for example will have the heroes um most movies will have the heroes face one obstacle after another and that goes on and on until the very end where the hero wins 
and the movie ends. So it's like you build tension, build, 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 and then you re- release the tension towards the end. And, or at the very least, and this is something that also good fiction writing is, is you have the middle of the movie mostly is what you call a false defeat, right? So, for example, in uh, A New Hope, in, during the middle of the movie, 75 minutes in, uh, that's when Obi-Wan Kenobi died. That's when Obi-Wan... That's when Darth Vader killed Obi-Wan. So that was obviously a false defeat. And then in the end, although in A New Hope they did not kill Darth Vader yet or they did not defeat the Empire yet, it ended in a good note. It ended in what you would call a happy ending. But the middle of the film was obviously a what we call a false defeat once again because Obi-Wan died. And they didn't do it here. It's like the heroes just keep on winning and feed the end. No matter how, how good the movie is, this is, of course, a Star Wars movie. If you don't build tension, it's not going to pay off later on. It And it's just like people don't feel anything when they watch it. And that's, I would say, part of the reason why a lot of people has mixed reviews for this. Because literally when they were watching this, when they were watching this movie, they were having mixed feelings because they weren't feeling anything actually is they were like oh the heroes just keep on winning and then of course towards the end the heroes win end of the movie and so there was no tension and there was no it's kind of like if you watch um any sport actually basketball football uh, soccer baseball and then your team is winning but like you're winning like with a big lead so there's no tension unlike if if the the game is very intense, the the enemy team gets the lead, and then your team gets the lead, and then the enemy team gets the lead again. And then towards the end, just you know, right before you think your team is losing, then your favorite player hits a game winning shot, and your your team ends up winning. That's how you write good fiction, in my opinion. That's how you write a good movie, a good TV show, a good novel and they obviously did not do that here and there's not a lot of tension while you watch it and that's i think one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't like this movie however after that i actually like the scene that came after that after um after ray defeated kylo ren he was actually already defeated. He was. He even died. Ray just used the force to heal him, and um, Kylo Ren was, of course, fully defeated. Defeated. She was healed, and then Kylo Ren sees Han Solo. It's very refreshing to see Harrison Ford. I did not expect to see him in this movie, and then um, so he was apologizing and. Uh, yeah, not, like I think Han Solo said something like, "Oh, now it's now like Kylo Ren is dead, but Ben, my son, is back." And then, uh, like Ben says, "Dad, he wanted to say I love you." And then, of course, in typical Han Han Solo fashion, he said, "I know." So that was actually a that was a cool scene. It was a brilliant scene. It made me smile. So 
Anyway, next scene is Palpatine destroys Kijimi using a Star Destroyer to show his force. Um, and then, um, right before the last act, of course, R2-D2 restores the memory of C-3PO. So everything's good in that... Um, in that... Uh, in that arc, and the C-3PO loses his memory arc. And then, of course, when Leia dies... Poe sort of became the de facto general of the resistance. They did the... This is, like, obviously a typical scene in Star Wars. The, the planning thing with all the people and the different creatures from around the galaxy. They were planning how to do the attack. Um, Lando is there. It's always cool to see Lando. And uh, Lando gave the line, like, if somebody leads them, they will follow. And so, um, obviously, this paid off. Towards the end of the movie where, like, the armada of not just the resistance, but sort of people and creatures everywhere from all over the galaxy sort of came together to defeat the Empire. Because it's, Rey alone couldn't defeat the Empire, but at the same time, the people alone couldn't defeat the Empire. It's really a combination of... Rey and all the Jedi that came before her and all of the people in the galaxy. It's all of them working together to throw, to really put the Empire down. So that was something that happened in the end. And so the Resistance follows Rey's coordinates to go to Exegol. And um, I actually like that when they attack, they have both an aerial scene, sort of those... Um, airplane scenes and then they also have a ground scene led by Finn I'm actually not a big fan of any airplane sort of Air Force action scenes not just in Star Wars by the way in any movie so I'm not a fan of that I don't know I'm really sorry if you guys or any of you guys and girls are fans of that but I'm just not I'm not a fan of any aerial battle scenes you know so I kind of I really appreciated that they had the ground battle scene here Led by Finn. And then, uh, of course, Ray met Palpatine. He wants her to strike him to make her the Supreme Empress of the Sith. And then transfer his spirit to her. She, of course, refuses. And then uh, Ben uh, fortunately follows her. And then he, of course, helped Ray fight the Knights of Ren. And then, for me, they made another big mistake here. The official word from Wikipedia is Palpatine. And at this moment, Palpatine recognizes the dyad between Rey and Kylo Ren. And so, he uses their powers to restore his body to become the one true emperor. So, that's like the official word. That's what happened in the plot, right? I think this should have been the plan of... Palpatine from the get-go. For me, his character is, he is like a long-term planner. So, for example, in Revenge of the Sith, he lured Anakin to become Darth Vader. He was manipulating him emotionally. He was telling them... By the way, during Re Revenge of the Sith, if you guys forgotten it already, Palpatine was like, he was just an... He was playing as an innocent old man. And he was an old man. He doesn't look like a monster like he looks like now. He was just an old man and he was telling Anakin that the Jedi have been corrupted. They want to kill me. Um, and then he was saying that, oh, the light side and the dark side, they're actually just sort of 
two sides of the same coin, which is actually true. But you know, the it's like the Jedi are trying to stop people from gaining the full potential of their powers because they don't want people to study the dark side and um, Anakin obviously is he has that fear he has a lot of fears but one of his strong fear is he's always seeing in his nightmares that his wife will die and um, Palpatine told him that he told him a lie actually that the darts the dark side can bring the dead back to life so there's a lot of emotional manipulations there and it's actually like the the puppeting scenes in revenge of the sith are actually very smart but here it's not smart at all in this movie like like when he was convincing ray to strike him it was it was the dialogue was very in your face like Oh, Ray, you should, like, strike me with your lightsaber and uh, you will become the Empress. Like, it, w- it was very, it was very imp- in your face. There was no emotion, there was no manipulation there. Like, just, oh, you know, strike me and you're, you're gonna become the Empress and the, the dark side wins. Like, like, in my belief, that is not how Palpatine is. And also, sort of realizing the dyad between the two. I think what they should have done is uh, they, well, what they should have done is Kylo Ren wins in the middle of the movie. So that's a false defeat. defeat. And here towards the end of, uh, or like, so, okay, here's what I was, here was what I'm gonna do if I was like the writer or the director or the producer of this movie. Kylo Ren wins in the middle of the movie. He brings the body of Rey to Exegol, Exegol, and uh, the resistance, uh, the resistance sort of um, decides that oh we don't have Rey anymore. Let's let's just let's just do this on our own. Let's attack. With our fleet, with all the resistance in the galaxy, let's just attack Exegol, and so they attack. But then, uh, when when um, when Kylo brings Rey's body to Exegol to Palpatine, Palpatine sort of betrays him and says, "Oh, you know, maybe one of you, only one of you, can become the Emperor, and so you should fight." And then. Again, right then and there, Kylo and and maybe Ray fight, or or Palpatine reveals reveals his true true goal, which is he wants to extract the powers from Kylo and Ray, something like that, right? Something like the the real the. Like the real intention of Palpatine is to extract the power of, of of Kylo Ren and Rey, which is what he did, and um, that's obviously what he did, and and it made him powerful again. He even sends he even says that line that I am like the one true emperor of the Sith. So I obviously did not like that, but I like. I actually like how they ended the scene and they ended it with um, 
Palpatine sends his lightning upwards, spreading spreading all across the armada of Star Destroyers, and it destroyed many of the uh, planes of the Resistance. He also incapacitates Ben slash Kylo Ren, and then Rey actually hears the voice of the past Jedi. By the way, I think they sh- they shouldn't have just like played the voices. They should have shown like Yoda and Obi Wan and um, Luke Skywalker and 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 Samuel Jackson, and um, they should have showed it like on the scene like as ghosts. And basically, what they they are just saying here is like use the force. Use the force, Ray. That's what they were all saying. And then, of course, Palpatine attacks her with the lightning, but she deflects it using the two Skywalker lightsabers, the lightsaber of Luke and lightsaber of Leia. And then it, of course, kills Palpatine. And like I like that line. Like Palpatine says something like, I am all of the Sith. And Ray says, I am all of the Jedi. And, uh... He actually kills Palpatine, but using the force of good, quote-unquote, the force of good, the the light side of the force, and then that's when the entire, basically the entire Exegol, um, all of the audience member, or they say it's like the spirit of all the Sith, it all went down, all of the armada of the dark side went down, um... Ray dies, but then Ben transfers his life force to Ray. They kiss. I prefer that they didn't kiss. And then, of course, Ray is alive, and then he dies. I prefer that they didn't kiss because Ben might be a redeemed villain at this time, but he obviously, I think it is implied that he killed millions of innocent people around the galaxy. He's, I mean, the dark side is, of course, always based on Nazis, and even if like even if um Kylo Ren only maybe killed a handful of people or maybe even just like dozens or hundreds he was he have made a lot of orders where in oh you know kill everyone like kill the entire village like he probably killed millions of people in the galaxy so so he's he's an evil character he was redeemed of course but i uh, i prefer really that they didn't do the kiss but anyway so the body of ben and leia vanish great scene by and the rest of the dark side armada fall and then everyone celebrates including there was even a scene where in the like i think the ewoks were celebrating like everyone in the galaxy celebrates ray finn and poe hug and um that was sort of their farewell to us the fans and that made my eyes teared and, uh, you know, made me happy um, because it's like, you really felt like this is like the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, this saga that started even before we, the millennials, were born. Um, this was, this started in 1977 and now it's ending and, and I really hope they never, I really hope this is the ending. I hope that they never sort of, if there was another new trilogy of Star Wars and they're planning to do it actually I hope it's no longer like the Skywalker trilogy I hope it's a totally different part of that huge universe I don't know how they're gonna do it 
but you know I hope this is really the conclusion of the Skywalker trilogy uh, uh, Skywalker trilogy of the Skywalker saga but it's it's good you know it's I really like the ending it was it again made me tear tear teary eyed a little bit made me emotional and um the last scene was also great Ray v- visits Tatooine she even did the sliding on the metallic thing on that like desert place and then she buries the two Skywalker lightsabers uh, underground and then a local lady asks her name and then she says Ray and then the lady says, asks Ray who and then she answers Skywalker and then that's the end of the movie I think the, I think the ending is her and BB-8 is they're like facing the sunset which is a classic way to end any movie you know, I like it. I like how they ended. So, um, Jay's ratings for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is 60%. And that is just like, that's like the surface of my passing grade. So, I, I almost gave it a failing grade. But I can't because like, again, even if this is not my generation, even I'm, even if I'm from the millennial Star Wars fandom, I, I like this franchise. Um, I am not a very big Star Wars fan, but as a fiction writer, I actually study it because all the, again, the hero's journey stuff that George Lucas made, all the the symbolisms, the light side and the dark side, even the colors of the lightsabers, all of that, you know, how to present a hero, how to present the villain, you know, how to present symbolisms, how to make mystery, how to create huge, again, huge mysteries and huge payoffs. There's a lot you can learn from, the st- I mean, as a fiction writer, there's a lot of you can learn from Star Wars. And, again, probably one of, two of the best villains of all time, namely Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine is in this in this um, saga, by the way, it's pretty awesome that all of the three trilogies sort of ended with Palpatine, which makes him really a classic character. So uh, that's it. Jay's rating sixty percent, and unfortunately, Rotten Tomatoes gave them actually fifty five percent. IMDb gave this movie a seven out of ten, which is quite high, and Metacritic gave them fifty four. Once again, I am reviewing this movie December 26. This movie was released December 19, 20, December 16, I believe, in many parts worldwide. So it's just 10 or 11 days from the from the time it was released, but just I'm actually just checking the news right now. It already reached the 500 million mark on its a box office. The budget is two hundred seventy-five million. They now have five hundred million. And um, just a quick prediction: I don't think because of the mixed reviews again. I don't think this movie will make a billion. I'm going with seven hundred million. I think that's gonna be where they they land. Seven or eight hundred million. It's gonna gonna be the total box office for Star Wars. So. Um, Again, if you're not a f- 
if you're not yet a fan of Star Wars, you should probably watch it. You know, you can... Uh, I would say you watch the original trilogy first because, the again, the sequel trilogy is... It's not that great. The, the best way I can say about the sequel trilogy is something that I got from the angry video game nerd, James Rolfe. He says the sequel trilogy is like two strikes and then a home run. Which, of course, is Attack of... Um, so, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones is are strikes. And then, Revenge of the Sith is obviously the home run. So, uh, I would say just, you know, watch... If I was going to advise someone who doesn't know anything about Star Wars... And believe me, there are still people who ha- don't know about Star Wars... I would recommend they watch the original trilogy first and then the sequel trilogy and then they should watch this one, the mid-2000s or the 2010s trilogy or whatever, right? So, uh, again, I gave it a 60%. They had, they did some mistakes, but they also did some good things and I'm going to give them a passing grade.